This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Back to Winning Ways, RFK Refugees Podcast. Things are great. I just caught like the last little bit of Liverpool shocking Barcelona for nothing to go to the Champions League final. So all my teams seem to be doing well now. These uh, li- The kickers managed not to lose a game, and they got a nice uh, last-minute goal to draw. Um, so it was a fun weekend. Good soccer weekend. And, of course, DC United won, of course, which we'll get into. But, uh, John, before we come in, John, how you doing, man? How was your weekend? Was it good? It was good. The bar is different for the kickers, right? As far as good. Good is good is not losing to Lansing. Again. Good good, good is – well, right now they are in the playoffs. They are actually in – they are the <laughs> top four team. Is it an 18-team league? Is it, it eight it's or nine a ten, It's a 10-team league with four teams making the playoffs. Uh, the, the kind of embarrassing fact right now is that it, it Lansing – they played three games now against Lansing, which is kind of a weird quirk of the whole, like, you know, USL schedule. Uh, and they have seven points, uh, Lansing, so all their points have come from the Richmond Kickers. The two wins and the draw come against the Richmond Kickers. And they could, and, and the, cool. ki- the Kickers could have very easily won that game. Um, but they keep kind of a three-game unbeaten streak. I'm, I'm in the sense with the Kickers right now that they're competitive right now, and I now can go to games – and not feel just a sense of dread of like, oh God, how bad are we going to lose this game? So yeah, they might score. That, <laughs> they, they will probably score a goal. So they, you've got that going. Which they will improving. probably score a goal. Uh, David Bulow seems like he has sort of figured out what he has and is putting together some successful results. So I'm very positive on the kickers. Um, I will That's also good. be I will also be joining the River City ninety three podcast fan podcast dealing with the Richmond kickers. So um, feel free to subscribe to that we'll do it with my good friend Elliot Barr. So. Uh, Subscribe to that, and uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be doing a double podcasting duty. So, um, but uh, John, how was your? Uh, you have a good weekend? Did you? Did you? Yeah, enjoy? I, just, I just brought my dog back from surgery, so you will not see him walking behind me in any episodes for at least eight, twelve weeks. He is downstairs getting his, uh, getting his drug-induced sleep on oh. for hours and hours. But it's good now. He's a robo leg. Um, so eventually, that will help out. Other than that, my weekend was mostly chores and whatnot. And now my week my week will be mostly sitting in my house watching this dog sleep. Make sure he doesn't chew his leg. Well, you've got plenty of open cup and plenty of soccer to to entertain yourself with. So I do. You, I do. I watched this game today, and they're, they're, the fourth goal is hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, 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 that kind of goal is the goal that moves you on to the finals is hilarious. For those of you who didn't see it, I'm sure that by the time this comes out tomorrow, and anyone who likes soccer will have seen it. Uh, but Liverpool basically did the okey-doke on the corner – where there was another ball on the field that was rolling out of bounds, and all of the Barcelona players were like staring around trying to find their mark. And what was the player's name that was standing on the corner? Um, it was Alexander Arnold, I think, was the one standing on the corner. Where he kind of he just yep. sees like he he literally like he starts to go away from the corner kick, and then his eyes just kind of light up, and then he immediately goes back, plays the ball really quickly, and it falls to um, Akugi, I think is 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 how you pronounce that, and uh, he he puts the ball in the back of the net. So. It's funny too because the ball is you can see the ball in the frame and the goalie is still pointing and trying to to, to mark to, to like sort of set up his defense and the ball goes into his peripheral vision and he's like oh what 
that, and then he tries to save it. So that 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 goal is the one that gets him through is just hilarious to me. Since it, I don't actually care, I'm not mad. <laughs> it's and, funny. And that that is the type of goal. That is the type of goal. That's the type of goal you see like on a Sunday league, and then all the players are running over to the official because maybe he he right. did not or did not blow the whistle. And I'm in the policy of hey, play. I'm I'm sorry, but they they have the right to play the ball early if they want. And if you're asleep, it's kind of your fault. Um, so, I mean, the ball, they cleared out a ball. I think there were two balls on the field. They cleared it out and then they went and made that play. So, um, Hey, you know, that's, that's sports and that's, uh, and that's soccer for you. So, um, so, uh, yeah, but, uh, let's, uh, let's shift focus to DC United's win, uh, three, one over the Columbus crew. They move uh, into a tie of first place with the Philadelphia union. Uh, Philadelphia union, I believe have the advantage on goal differential because, uh, I think they're tied on total wins right now. Um, so DC get a, get a, get a much needed bounce back win. They sweep the series with Columbus, which I think, uh, is, is very crucial. Kind of makes up for the fact that they, they did not get any points against, uh, against NYCFC this season. Uh, so you're kind of trading there. You get maximum points against one team and one point against another team. So, um, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, let's, let's talk about this game. Let's start with, uh, it was three one victory. You would lead. It would lead you to believe that DC outplayed, completely outclassed uh, uh, Columbus. I, I don't know if that was the case. I, I think they played a good game. They played well enough. Um, and uh, but that first maybe fifteen twenty minutes, uh, that was, it was a little bit dicey. Um, I think Columbus kind of had DC's number, and DC was kind of stretching back. Um, you were you were live there in the stadium, in person. Did you get the same impression? I was actually not. I shamefully oh, wow. traded in my tickets for fam because we thought it was going to rain and be horrible, and then it didn't at all. So real smart move there on the Hoffman household. But yeah, yeah I think that the, it was uh, it, it came in waves. I think it was uh, there was a, a portion after their first goal they dominated. I think up until they conceded in mm-hmm. the second half at seventy five. So there were points at which they had a, a large majority of the ball. Um, and and Columbus didn't really seem to have an answer. Columbus wasn't looking very dangerous for large, large stretches of the time. But I think that really the game hinges on on one moment, sort of early in the first half. That uh, I don't want to say decided the rest of the game, but certainly took a a, a big gut punch away from uh, Columbus and uh, put DC in a position to make a make a comeback. Do you want to get into that? Let, let's get into that because th- that's the flashpoint. Um, so it. it you know, for those of you who may not have seen the event or not have seen the play, uh, it's all over. I mean, it's all over MLS or, you know, Reddit, MLS. It's all over Twitter. It's it's all over. There are now there are jokes being run about it, too. Um, sometimes outside of sports I've seen. So um, basically the, the situation is, is that D.C. Uh, wins the ball. I think uh, Hara is taking the ball up the field, um, attempts to play a square pass to Lucho. Um, I'm not sure if it was the the best pass to do, um, but you know he plays the ball, uh, and Ted Uncle happens to be running sort of you know kind of alongside trying to keep up with play, uh, kind of catches uh, Lucho, kind of gets caught in the middle between it, um, you know, uh, Trap goes for the ball, um, uh, does it does look like he does clip uh, Acosta's heel. Um, and I'll get into kind of what the what I how I feel about this how I feel that uh, he does make contact, he does clip it, he does sort of clip uh, Acosta's heel. Um, but the brunt of the force was probably from Ted Uncle, and Acosta runs right into Ted Uncle, falls over. Um, Trap picks up the ball. I, there's a whole sequence that happens. DC's kind of caught because I don't think they were expecting to have to defend. Um, it's one of the few times I think they were kind of caught out really badly in that game. Um, and uh, Santos drives. 
Uh, beats a mean near post, which is something as a goalie that's a huge no-no. You should have your near post covered. Uh, and then we get a, a video review, and we're all kind of, you know, everybody I think is kind of confused as to, well, what is he reviewing? You know, there's definitely a foul, um, I think, before Hara receives the ball, um, where a uh, – uh, Columbus player kind of does a sort of stomps over a uh, a DC United player, so that was definitely a foul. But that that sort of precedes the attacking side of the play, so it can't be that. Um, anyway, he comes back, waves off the goal, um, and it becomes evident that it had to have been sort of when Trap made uh, contact with Acosta and when Uncle made contact with Acosta. Um, super super bizarre. I don't think I have ever seen something like that happen in any sport in any league. Um, and, of course, the funny thing is now is um, after June 1st, if something like that happens, the referee actually automatically blows the play dead. Um, so it's kind of this funny little thing that probably won't happen again um, in, in soccer. So could you um, could you uh, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Is there a rule change? Yep, there's a rule change coming June 1st. If the referee if the referee uh, it basically it is involved in the play in any way. So basically what we saw um, what we saw in the middle of the field. And it leads to an attacking opportunity. Uh, the referee can bring the ball back for a drop ball. Basically, is that across every league? Across the, in, in, yeah, it's like, a it's a worldwide? it's a FIFA standard that's going to be implemented on June first. Um, it's something that is designed to work with sort of the you know fall to spring calendar. Um, but I believe with MLS they will I, now. I don't know now. I have heard some some rule changes sometimes with MLS is they wait until because their season begins before the rule change. They keep that throughout. So actually, I'm not sure whether it'll be implemented after this year or it'll go right into effect June 1st. Um, unclear. Uh, so you know, my thoughts as somebody who um, used to be a referee, and you know, my I think it was was it a foul on trap? Possibly. If the referee does not make that call on the field, do I think the referee should then go and bring in that? Absolutely not. That, in my opinion, that is not a clear and obvious error. More of the foul. If that was, if that was a DC player, and a situation in which a DC player happened to be standing there and knocks over Acosta, there is no way the referee is calling that back. Um, I, I think, I, I do think there was something in the back of his head where Ted Uncle was like, I, you know, this is horrible. This, this, but this can bail me out. Type situation. Um, he sees the foul and he used it as a. He used it as a time machine, basically, yeah, is what basically. happened. He, he he used he used VAR as a time machine to make that thing he did never happen. Uh, and and like a guy who has not seen uh, Endgame, probably he didn't realize what the outcomes of of that change would be. And it was everyone being like, "We all know what you did, Ted. You big jerk." <laughs> yeah, even I think even DC fans were like, "Like, yeah, yep. we got away with one there." Um, now on the flip side, um, a lot of people brought up the fact uh, the last game against Minnesota on uh, Donovan Pines' header. Again, in my opinion, that was not a clear and obvious error by the by the official. Um, and I think what it really spells to is, in my opinion, MLS needs to adapt a central system for reviewing plays. Uh, do it just like they do in the NHL, where the NHL they have a they have a, a booth in Toronto, they have a, a video room in Toronto where these types of decisions are made. They're not made by a a designated referee who is a, a who is a video assistant referee because I think it will, at the very least, get some consistency for it. Um, uh, anyway, Porter was not happy about that. He was, to say the very least, he's no. probably on, on a fine. And I don't blame him. I mean, again, if that had happened to DC fan, I'm sure we'd be talking about what a terrible decision that was and everything like that. It benefits us. Um, I Again, I think if... 
uncle makes that foul call right there, um, then I think he gets away with it. Now, I don't think he sees it. I think he's he's kind of in the ball of the play. So he can't really call something that he doesn't see. Um, I think he would have hoped maybe that his ARs would have bailed him out there, but um, they didn't. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough, tough break for Columbus. Um, uh, but honestly, if I'm Porter as well, and, and, I, and I do I do object a little bit to Porter's comments like, oh, we you know, we don't get any respect. We're we're a small market team, we don't get any respect. I don't think that plays a role in it at all. I think that's very sort of conspiratorial. I I'm with him up till the point where he starts saying, Oh, we don't get any respect. You know, maybe he's trying to instill something in his team. His team's down two nothing at halftime. He's trying to get, you know, get some energy for his team, you know, us against the world. But I did not agree with that sentiment at all. And we I've seen it before where fans think that, you know, Wayne Rooney or the team didn't even really protest the, the situation all that much. Acosta did. He was like, where, come on, like, what, what, what do you like? I think he was more looking at uncle, like, what are you doing? Like you, yeah. you're and but you didn't see DC fans protest it. You didn't see DC run up to the referee. Um, you know, it wasn't that type of situation. So I, I kind of disagree, I guess, with that, with that notion that um, MLS sort of plays favorites. It's a little too on the conspiratory side for me. Right. Why? Why uh, factor? In, I mean, this is this goes in politics. This goes in life. Why factor in conspiracy when ineptitude explains yeah. the result? Yeah. <laughs> when you can just be bad and that's the result. Uh, yeah. I think until he brought up Wayne Rooney, you can't blame him for for the complaints he made. Uh, he'll pay his fine and it'll be and it'll be fine. And the I think uh, Pablo mentioned it on his podcast last night that he did an informal poll of MLS players about Ted Uncle and the one of the players said uh, we don't respect any of the referees necessarily but we respect uh, Ted Uncle the least yeah. of all the referees <laughs> so well there you and, go there's that he had an awful game I mean there were there were plays on both sides um, I remember I think Ariola uh, had a had a a, a uh, an attacking opportunity where he was dribbling up and a player literally like steps in front of him and completely takes him out. No call from Ted Uncle, comes back the other way and uh and uh, Ariola uh shoulder checks the dude in the back and play on continue. And so I mean there were there were calls really on both sides that I thought um were ju- were just were just atrocious uh from Ted Uncle. So it just just a poor performance overall. Um I think he I I will be very curious what his duties will be over the next few weeks. Um, I think there there have to be some some uh, some repercussions for this. Um, so be be on the lookout for the pro assignments. I don't know if they probably I think they'll probably make them soon this week. Uh, now they do make these some of these in advance, um, but I would I would not be surprised if he gets suspended, uh, not just for the decision that he made, um, but also for the decision uh, for for the for the sub- subsequent decisions and how he refereed that game uh, because it was poor. Yep. It was poor all all the way around. Um, and I'm not, I'm and I'm not someone I usually. I think people overcriticize certain referees, but from a from a refereeing perspective, that was just a poorly poorly refereed game. Um, but let, let's talk about the good things. Uh, let's talk yeah, about so the goal scorers. Let's talk about all the goals that happened. Yes. So Ariola got a chance. Uh, we'll start with the first one. Acosta got a chance for a tap in, which was nice. Got him. Uh, uh, it was off of a, I believe, off of a set piece. So it was correct. I don't know if you'd call that open play or not. I would call that half open play, sort of it's door ajar play. It's it's a smart we'll play. Call it, it's a smart play yeah, from him. There. It was an incredibly smart play from him because he he is an offside position. He drags himself on onside, so he kind of lulls uh, Columbus to sleep. 
doesn't really make a play for the ball until Hara touches it and then buries it. And uh, it's a great chance for him. And, uh, you know, I, I said on the Twitter account, after hitting rock bottom against New York, uh, he played much better. There, There's there's a sense, I think, of, of the whole offense, I thought, played better. Um, they looked more organized, more had a better sense of what they were doing. And we'll talk about it later, but get to the rest of the goals. Yep, so Wayne Rooney scored a penalty. The most exciting thing part there was uh, Russell Knauss came up to him as he was about to take the penalty and started whispering in his ear, which is notable because it's Wayne Rooney that is taking the penalty. Uh, I, I I always think if that were me, I would be like, I'm going to pretend like I'm telling you something and you just stand there and then the goalie will be like, what's he telling him? What, yeah. what secrets does he know? Uh, but apparently what he was telling him was that Stefan has been dove uh, to his right on every penalty in the playoff loss last year. And Canals just wanted to make sure he remembered that uh, Rooney was going to shoot it to uh, Stefan's right, uh, decided after talking to him to go to his left. He said, well, I need to go top top corner no matter what, uh, just in case he goes that way. But he was like basically like, you know, lucky for me <laughs> and lucky for Russell. I, I, I scored there <laughs> because that would have been uh, that would have been bad for both of us, I think. Yeah. So that was so that was uh, so he can, you know. Uh, his penalty, I, his penalty, I won't forget his penalty against Columbus in the playoffs. That was not a very good penalty at all. Uh, but in regular season, he he has a very high hit rate. He's a very strikes the ball very well. Obviously, he's Wayne Rooney. He's a true Englishman. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, and then uh, Paul Ariola scores in his fiftieth appearance for DC United. A goal from uh, the actual nice run take. of play. What's that? Is that a goal from the actual run of play? Completely. Run yeah, of play. that was like legitimate. Yes. Full full open, 100% door open play. Uh, scores, gets has a deflection, slight deflection off a defender. Ball goes in. Does the bird selly. Uh, happy that Ariola got the goal. And then uh, we got a little bit of a boo-boo here. Uh, in the, I think the rain had started to uh, started to fall a little bit, or the ball, or the full, the ground was wet, or whatever. Uh, but uh, there was a cross from the box. Hamid jumped for it. Ball went through his hands. Goes in the net. Goes down as an own goal, uh, since no one else touched it, apparently. Uh, and the game sort of uh, DC sort of got. I, I was afraid that there was going to be a momentum turn at that point, and Columbus was going to start to feel very confident. However, luckily for DC United, at that point they had already taken off Iguain, they had already taken off Zardes, they had already sort of committed to losing the rest of this game. So that was good on our part. But DC saw the game out. Uh, so I think uh, I want to touch on a couple more points about the game. Uh, Leohara is a beast. Yeah, uh, so much so that he won. He was team of the week. This he was team of the week uh, this this year. I think this may be his second second time coming off of a, another injury. Was it a groin or a, a hamstring? Do you remember? I can't. It was something growing or hamstring related. I can't remember. One that. of those two yeah. things. Yes. It was slight enough that he did not miss any time. Uh, he he. I, I said it on on Twitter. The man does not has never met a challenge he doesn't want to dribble out of. He's never met a guy he doesn't want to shoulder off the ball. 95% of the time so far this season that has been to his benefit and has not caused a turnover and a goal the other direction. Uh, he is, uh, I, we have said it on and off, probably the pickup of the off season. Mm-hmm. He is, he's a dynamic player that gives DC United something at right back that they haven't usually had. I would say that, you know, even Fisher and his pomp gave you something different. Hara gives you a, like an unusual skill set for that position uh, in MLS. So we're we're really happy that I hope that they can figure out a way to keep him healthy the rest of the way because he's been hurt a little banged up a little bit uh you know probably three times so far earlier on in the season so I hope he can I don't know if that means getting our full complement of wingbacks gives him a little opportunity to rest occasionally but Ben likes to roll out the players that are that are getting results and Leo is one of those players unfortunately for him yeah yeah and uh, Donovan Pines as well had another 
uh, incredibly strong game. And that's, uh, of course, preface with the news we got this morning, which was uh, bad, awful, and terrible. Um, that apparently he has a, I think it's a, it's a, it's sprained MCL. Yeah, MCL sprain. Um, so he is out for two to four weeks. Please let that be two weeks, um, because I mean, this was. I'm trying. I was trying to think, like you know, we all talk about him, and and I feel like with rookie of the year, sometimes I just forget like who's actually a rookie, and the rookie of the year is a, is a is a is a bad award at this point in MLS. In my opinion, it should be like a U20 award, maybe give a U17. Like you should you should have a young player of the year award. You shouldn't have a rookie of the year because I mean, col- the college draft is not anything important. You're relying on first-time academy players basically for a lot of it now. But anyway, I'll, I'll get back to what. But he, I mean, he was putting together a case where you could start to see him getting some conversations, and I still think he can do that. I mean, two to four weeks, if it's if it's on the two to two to three weeks side, I think he can still put together. You know, if he comes back, puts together, you know, starts and 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 gets himself back into shape quickly, he could still put together. But I mean, this was a player uh, that I think some people were starting to talk about potentially rookie of the year, um, and he was playing fantastic again. Had another game. He is. He has basically shut down nearly every single attacking player. Uh, he did it to, to Kai Kamara um, against Colorado. He did it uh, most, uh, very, very much to D- Darwin Quintero. Um, and really did it to and um, to Rodriguez as well. Um, if you don't count, if you don't think Rodriguez got a touch on that goal, uh, he did it again to Jassy Zardes. He just completely has shut down attacks. Um, athletic uh, had a just had a moment I think where like he just had this ability to just turn. And make a play like on his feet. Like he's not just the guy who's just going to win head balls. He's also incredibly skilled. Um, so, I mean, fantastic. And it just it just stinks because I, I really plan to talk about how good he is and how we're asking whether he's going to replace Brilliant maybe coming up this week when DC kind of has their full. You know, they've got the new wing back they just signed. So maybe you see them shift back into that four the four three two, four three two one. Um, so, or four, two, three, one, sorry. So, uh, yeah, uh, kind of stinks that he's gone, uh, for, or at least injured. Yeah. I was, I was wondering if they would just plug in Jalen and, and stick with the three center backs, but all of the reporting so far is that that's not the case, which makes sense. Cause Jalen and, uh, and Donovan Pines do not have the same skill set necessarily. So that yeah. it's not a like for like sub. So you're likely to see Pedroso get his first opportunity who we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, yeah, it sucks. I think that I think that uh, they're not going to rush him back uh, because they don't necessarily need to. I think that will be good. I don't think they want to have it linger. Um, so we'll see. We've had a little bit of bad MCL luck so far in the last two years. That seems to be what people get better that than ACLs, I guess. But yeah. um, and, and we touched on it earlier. I want to make sure that we talk about this for the game uh, that Lucharu is, I think, potentially back. Uh, Acosta is playing very well and i think we'll talk a little bit later about why that could potentially be uh there's some news that will break on that uh or that was broken yesterday in the athletic that may hint to maybe his improved less dour mood uh but uh rooney and 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 lucho are getting uh they're seeing each other more they're getting the ball to each other more than teams are not doing as good of a job at keeping them separated as some teams did earlier on in the year uh it's tough to it's very hard to examine tactics on a comparing tactics on a win and a loss and just sort of focusing on that because it just seems like whenever we do badly there that they are not connecting, but it's hard to see if that's correlation or causation. Like if that's just something that happens in a game where all over the rest of the field, we're all, we're all discombobulated. Uh, Wayne needs to get subbed off occasionally. Uh, I think potentially when we're up three, nothing uh, in the 75th minute of a team uh, against a team that just pulled their two attacking players. Maybe that would have been a good opportunity to get a in there. Uh, 
I'm concerned about keeping his legs fresh for when it actually gets hot. <laughs> but overall, I think it's great that those two players are playing well together. It may have been Ben saying, you know, I, good. Like, let's roll with that. Let's keep them. Let's keep them firing. There, the narrative was, and I think that uh, our, our our buddy Chris Hall is playing this narrative very heavy because he asked it in every post game interview. He was like. Do you think uh, you guys heard the criticism you heard last week, you know, about Lucho and Wayne? Is this, is this sort of a response to that? And Birnbaum was like, no, dude, I, we don't care. That's no. <laughs> we want to win. Like, we know we know when we suck. We want to we want to play well. Yeah. We don't need someone else to tell us we suck. Uh, so I thought that was funny that that sort of blew up in uh, in the interviewing face. Uh, but the rest of the players sort of were like, yeah, I mean, uh, we know that we're we can be better. We've seen it, and we weren't. And, and now our job is to keep replicating those those performances week in and week out. So I'm I'm confident. I'm feeling good after this game that that that's sort of cooking. Like you said, it wasn't an end to end comprehensive performance. And Columbus is not you know the class of the East. Um, but you, you you like to see wins at home. That's been a little bit of a a hard pull for us the since earlier on in the season, which is weird. But it's good that we got results uh, this weekend. This I, last weekend. I wanna I wanna anger the people, the the Olsen out people, but um I think through all the injuries, through all of the 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 different way the way this team had to completely change the way they played uh through the through this stretch, um Olsen has done a pretty uh, pretty damn good job at managing his lineup. They had a whole week of practice, um and I I bet Olsen was like, We need to we need to work on being more effective in this system, because uh, we might have to go back to it. Um, and you could very, very much tell that there was there was practice put in place. There, there was certainly a strategy to how they were going to play in this three four three system. Um, and give Bill Olson credit; it worked. DC looked a lot more dangerous. Um, uh, I believe it was Rodriguez. I know had a really good chance. Um, there, there were a lot of. I think there was a there was a ball from Lucho over to Rooney um, late in the game that almost made it that almost made it four uh, four one. Um, and I really kind of wish he had put it away because that would have been a nice, a nice sort of uh, statement that hey, Lucharu is, uh, Lucharu is back. Um, but I mean, overall, I agree with you. They they looked a lot more organized, um, and I think I think a large part of that was they had that week in practice where they could say, okay, like the the three four three was was really just to stem the leading to stop. It, like we're gonna make it as difficult as we can to, for you to score on us. Um, and it works out sometimes when you get a, a Wayne Rooney free kick like they got on the road against Columbus, and sometimes it doesn't work out when you get a um, a, a one nothing loss uh, against Minnesota. So uh, they had a week to work on it, and uh, it's kind of a feather in their cap um, that I'll be very curious to see if they bring out. Um, and Ben Ben Olson, I, I will assume it's because he listens to our podcast and heard me criticize him about it. Uh, in the most in in an in interview this week, he talked tactics. He talked about what needed to change with that five-man backline. He talked specifically about uh, uh, how what the midfield needed to be doing that it wasn't doing in a way that he has not previously. He was mu- he was much less vague and much more specific. Uh, I will assume directly because of RFK refugees, I'm going to claim it, and no one can <laughs> hey, convince me otherwise. Hey, I, I have I have gone good faith that we are played in the uh, in the uh, the team store. Um, I have, I have it on record that we are, our podcast is listened to on the team store. So maybe Ben Olson, Ben Olson, uh, also in the coach's office, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Ben <laughs> Olson strolled in the, to the team store and was like, what are these idiots talking about? Fine. They want to hear me talk tactics. I'll talk tactics. Um, and he said, you know what else? <laughs> I'm never going to sign a, a game worn Jersey card for another kid ever again. I remember that kid from our, from RFK, that, <laughs> that 
that adult man getting soccer cards signed. I'm gonna I'm gonna show him. That's what happened. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a story payoff for longtime RFK refugees <laughs> listeners, which I want. To keep. Yeah, I, I can't wait till they start like dropping hints about the show. But anyway, um, so uh, so anything else we want to add from this game? Anything else? No, I think I think it's uh, I'm I'm upset I didn't attend. <laughs> I'm yeah. a big dummy for assuming that listening to the rain report, but I'll be there on uh, Mother's Day. You will be there on Mother's Day, so I hope your mom's okay with it. But I sure she will be. She gets <laughs> she gets brunch earlier on in the day. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, well, I guess with that, uh, we will wrap up this segment. Uh, we'll come back. We'll do a little preview of SKC. Maybe talk about some other news. Uh, depending on how much we can talk about that. So uh, stick around. You're listening to the RFK Refugees Podcast. And welcome back to RFK Refugees Podcast. Uh, DC gets another struggling team on the road. Um, which uh, is both good and terrifying for me because I just feel like we, we play these teams that are struggling and somehow they've managed to find results against us. Uh, but they have the Sporting Kansas City uh, coming into town, the hobbling 15 players on the entire roster struggling uh, Sporting Kansas City um, who just got absolutely pasted uh, by Atlanta. And now everybody's ready to count, to crown them You know the 2019 MLS Cup champions. Um, even though they've beaten teams that are either playing poorly or are just bad. Um, but sure, yes, Atlanta's back, everybody. Anyway, um, <laughs> but let's, uh, let's talk about this game against Kansas City because they, they are struggling. They, after, they, they are suffering like the worst of like the, uh, the hangovers. Um, they're injured. They're absolutely decimated when it comes to, when it comes to most areas of the field. Um, I, you have to feel confident, you know, going again at home. Um, with a team that's struggling, that that's really worse injured, way, 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 way worse as far as injuries than us. Um, so uh, I guess you know we, you gotta expect what's, to win. What, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying let's let's talk about how bad their form has been, sort of to give to give you an insight into that. So here's the last month for uh, <laughs> Kansas City: five nil defeat to Monterey. No, no real shame there because Monterey is very good and also won Champions League. One to one, a one to one draw with FC Cincinnati. Another loss to Monterey, 5-2. 2-2 draw against Red Bulls. 4-1 loss to San Jose. 4-4 draw to New England. 3-0 loss to Atlanta. So they are shipping some goals all over the place here. Uh, just just a kind of absurd amount of goals. Uh, and th- that draw against New England. Uh, New England is having a slight turn, like slight renaissance. They've got, they're getting some points now, whereas they weren't before. I still think they're horrible, and I still think they, their coach will not make it. They, make, make they, it they just, year. they just lost five to one to to Philadelphia. Did you miss that but, this but week? I did, but they, but they, they won a game a, a week ago. I think they've scored four points. They've gotten four points in their last like three matches. I think. Okay. Anyway, yeah. they suck. Yeah, that, still that aside, it's not, a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's not a, a badge of courage to four four draw against New England. But Kansas City is a team that has, I think, if they were at full complement, you have to be concerned. But like you said, the fact that they are so thin everywhere along the field, they're in trouble. For instance, Gianluca Busio, who's a young, I think, 16-year-old, was playing for them and forward and scoring goals. So he would probably have played, but he's on U17 duty with Griffin Yao and Brian Keo. For us, that's not really a problem because Griffin Yao was just sort of 
playing on the bench and getting a few minutes, and KO is not even actually signed to a contract yet. Um, it, it may have hurt Loudon United a little bit, but uh, whereas Kansas City is looking to players on the U17 roster to fill their game day roster out uh, in MLS and play and, 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 and you know, score goals. I think so. They, that's, that's just that's where they're at. They actually dipped into the uh, one, one team dipped into the the emergency goalkeeper uh, pool. So I, was that them? Was that Kansas City or was that somebody else? I'm I not sure. I can't remember. No, I don't see any. I, know, I don't see any goalkeepers injured. So, um, um, so it probably. Wasn't I know that Swope Park. Swope Park sucks too. So there's not like there's any. They couldn't think they're. I think Swope Park is 0-1 and four or something crazy like that. So yeah. for those USL heads, now that I have become one because I care about Loudoun United. <laughs> so there's no relief coming. There's no. There's not like a pool of players that could bring them back uh, on an emergency basis. Yeah. Like so, you would expect DC to win this game. I he, think is. The, I think the the basic level there. Yeah, I mean, here, here are some of their uh, here are some of their injuries right now. You've got uh, Jimmy Jimmy Madranda uh, knee injury; he's not listed. Eric Hurtado had right knee surgery; he's out two to three months, um, and he was injured uh, in March nineteenth, so he's definitely out. Um, Jalen Lindsay torn meniscus uh, March thirtieth; he's out four to five months, uh, so most of the season. Uh, Rodney Wallace, who DC fans will remember, hip surgery. They have like they have like let's see one. They have like two players that had to undergo surgery, two major players for their team in Hurtado and Wallace. Um, but uh, Rodney Wallace is out four to six months. Uh, Roger Espinoza, a really key player for them. Knee injury uh, on April 23rd, out two to three months, so he's definitely not back. Matt Beasler, their stalwart defender, hamstring strain, uh, two to four weeks, so he could be back, but he's still listed as out at this point. Uh, Joseph Fernandez, a good guy off the bench for them. Um, he has a broken wrist. Uh, so and no timetable for return listed there, but have to imagine it's uh, it's for a little bit there. So, uh, yeah, they are. Uh, it, it's it just goes to show that you know this is the team that everybody is praised as sort of being a depth team. You know they have a lot of pieces. They they do it. You know they don't really spend. They spend some money, but they don't really spend a ridiculous amount of money. They're not out there signing Wayne Rooney's. They believe in a system. Um, but it shows you, you know, you get a certain number of injuries in the right places, and you can literally be a a USL team. Um, I think that I, I, it is good that Graham Zuzzi is playing. My friend Nancy Gregor, Gregory, who I believe will be at the game, uh, is a large-scale fan of Graham Zuzzi, who I think looks like a cross between a surfer and a Young Life instructor or Young Life camp counselor, <laughs> uh, if he had the correct sort of puka shell necklace on, perhaps. Uh, but he'll be there. He's healthy still somehow. Yeah. Is he? He's a right back now, right? They've they've given up on midfield for him. Oh yeah, he's, he's strictly yeah a, he's strictly he's strictly a winger. They 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 Nick Daly owned him uh, pretty quickly. Um, even though I think, then, I, the TFC is reversing that, but yes, yeah, Nick Dillion has gotten the time machine that uh, Ted Uncle used this last weekend, and is now playing right midfield for Toronto every week. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think so. I would say, are we confident in a victory? Does, we we what's are. Your, what's your feeling? We are, um, but you know, hey, I, I was confident against NYCFC because of how poor they were playing. Um, I mean, one one sort of knock against this team so far this season is they seem. They teams come in and they struggle and they can't seem to put it away. And it could vary that if that uh, if that Ted Uncle incident doesn't happen, uh, I you know yeah. I think DC figures out a way to pull it out. But I mean, there was a chance that they could have lost that game to Columbus, um, and then that would have been like the third team they've allowed to sort of break a snide, uh, break the Schneid on. Um, so I'm I'm confident of a win. I think if they can, if they can, I think they're going to roll out the fourth, the, the the lineup they're most comfortable in. Um, again, I'm, you know, I could see uh, uh, Sporting KC really trying to ch- test the new guy they signed. Um, 
Uh, I could see them absolutely go out and try to test on that left that left uh, that left back side. So uh, I'm confident of a win, but I'm I'm very much like thinking like this kind of feels like a trap game. Um, so, if, but if DC can pull it off, then I think you can I think you can start start talking about them being the uh, the East contender at this point. Um, and certainly score prediction. Score prediction. I'm going two one DC. I think they're going to struggle. Three, with go ahead. Who who scores before I put my? I think Acosta score scores and Rooney scores. I think Luchero returns. Um, so and then I'm going to go with. Um, actually, I don't know who even they play on forward. I guess Zussi will score. That's <laughs> so okay. Like, <laughs> All for, for Nancy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going three one. I feel like uh, the, they concede more goals than they probably should. Uh, I see Ariola scoring again. Uh, I see. Rooney scoring again, and I see something weird. I've always my my weird score used to be uh, who was it last year? Oh, brilliant! It was a guy Burn who never Burn. got to play. Who's now playing in Scotland? Harks. Harks. Ian yeah. Harks was always my was always my uh, my my deep my deep bench score. This time I'm going to go with a player who is more likely to actually play with Lucas Rodriguez. I think he's only scored two this year. I think he scores another one uh, now. Okay, and then. Zuzi also, again, uh, the goal-scoring extraordinaire who is not old and slow at this point. Uh, Graham Zuzi will score for Kansas City. There we go. So we're both going with Zuzi, with Zuzi getting a goal. Um, so hopefully it's a fun game. Hopefully um, we don't have to pay you to, to stay away from uh, from Audi Field because um, you were yeah. clearly cursed. <laughs> um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, let's get into – yeah, we got some time. Uh, well, let's get into uh, some other news. We got the trans- day. transfer day deadline, the May – the main – Transfer window for MLS is shutting. Um, uh, is shutting tonight. At this, tonight. Uh, sorry, at one a.m. Right. So technically tomorrow. Yep. But it but it will be yep. shut. Um, it will be shut at this point. Uh, so uh, DC have not been completely uh, silent. They did go out and get. Uh, Let me Mar- sign this guy's name for you, Ted. Let me do it. I just want to do it for you. All right. DC has signed Marquinhos Pedroso from FC Dallas, who has a Brazilian player previously playing first division in Hungary third division in turkey that just mean that may just be where the team is now he may when he was playing there they might have been second division uh he's a left back and so the 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 exciting thing with with him was the the trade was originally agreed upon uh for a first round draft pick and that was it and then the league said no because uh dallas used dtam which is discretionary tam to sign the player and that means if you use dtam the player has to stay on the roster for 12 months so the MLS basically had was hoisted upon their own petard with their own stupid rule. So they had to come up with something new. So what they did was uh, they – what did they do? What was it? They, they still got a player. It's not a loan. I asked so, if they could do the loan. The loan was not an option. Was he waived? So, yeah. So so the way I understand it is uh, FC Dallas sent 200 – or was it 100 – yeah, 100,000 in general allocation money. And a and DC sent a first round pick, and then FC Dallas waived him, and then DC United picked him up on waivers. Um, and apparently, according to Stephen Goff, they are also using discretionary TAM uh, to also pay down his salary. Uh, which uh, hey, good for DC. Um, I am that that part is a it's a small thing. They probably didn't have to lose a lot. I'm sure it wasn't you know a huge deal. Um, but I could have seen a RFK DC United. I could have seen, you know, the owners be like, no, sorry, we're not, we're not using this discretionary tan. We're not putting any extra money. You got to figure out something else. Cause we're not going to do that. Or you, you take them on your roster, Dave, 
But uh, Dave probably went to the owners and said, look, we got to spend some DTM. And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead, do it. So um, Because uh, they know that in the summer they need that salary cap. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was you know, the, the, the new DC United making the right far-sighted choice instead of being, you know, penny wise and pound foolish yes yes and they needed so, and then i would say that was a position everybody said when they needed to fill yeah. and they did it um so they certainly did i think you have to give them a solid grade for for i guess this window um for this i guess part of the window when you you needed to make a move you needed to make a signing and you go and get a guy uh, who has the potential to be good um he hasn't played that much or has many. I even talked to one of my FC Dallas friends, and he's like, I have no idea who that is. Um, I don't know. <laughs> good. Don't great. Know. Good. But uh, according yeah, to other ben, people. Ben, he, said his favorite, ben said his favorite part about him was uh, the position he played. Yeah. Like, what do you like most about this guy? Like, <laughs> he, he plays left back. <laughs> we need a <laughs> so left back. He's apparently more defensive-sided uh, left back. I hadn't heard some people say, well, he's a little bit more. He, he gets into the attack a little bit more. Or he kind of came about because um, the uh, because uh, the new coach for SC Dallas doesn't use left backs as an attacking option, um, but other sort of more I guess astute people have said that he plays more defensive, um, which I'm not really that wild about um, because I think having those attacking wingbacks really gives DC an edge. Um, but as a stopgap, it, it's good. Um, I think it's a good move, and you you feel you feel a position of need. Um, we had also heard that the team was possibly looking at an attacking piece. Um, as of right now, it doesn't look like that's good. Um, Pablo Mara kind of hinted that it might be Emil Assad. Everybody got all excited. Um, I was kind of thinking, well, what if it's Andy Nahar? But I, I kind of looked at Andy Nahar's stats because I haven't heard too much from him. Um, and he, he's he's play, he played about 18 games this year, so not a not a great season by any stretch of the imagination. It was also kind of funny to see his transfer market, how he was like like several hundred thousand, then he gets sold for three million, then he goes up to six million, and that's when like, you know, the Arsenal rumors were rolling around and everything like that. Then he gets injured and he's right back down to about three million. Um so anyway, uh but DC apparently looking for another attacking piece. Uh they're still it seems like for you know, gathering from sort of rumors that whatever they were talking whoever they were talking to about signing um, it seems like maybe the talks kind of fell apart there, which happens a lot. Um, it happens probably more often than not when it comes to, to signing yeah. players. Uh, you start talking, team wants more money, and they're like, you're like, no. Uh, we're having a better – by not even with not signing, but we're having better uh, a better offseason than our better trade window deadline day, I suppose you could say, than New England right now because New England apparently had a deal with the side to buy a player for $4 million, uh, for $4 million or euros or whatever – and then the players apparently like, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. He probably did a quick Google search and saw like where he had to play and like the position in the standings, and he was like, ah, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that that's certainly better than uh, than what's going on. Uh, it's certainly better at DC than what's going on in New England. Um, so Yamil Yamil also liked a tweet uh, yes. that was addressed to us that said he was going to come back or please come back, Yamil. That's actually the second tweet he has uh, liked. Uh, I, I believe you posted something was a was a gif of a sad looking cat. Yes. Uh, saying please come home, sort of thing, and, and he liked that. So I, I will, you know, you know, from our sources, from our from our vetted deep sources, we have we have it on good authority that Yamil Assad will come back to DC United. It's just a matter of when, based on at least Twitter likes. I I, al- that. <laughs> I also tried to like like push him by you saying it, yeah i tried i tried to well, no i tried so i posted um on i said if you're gonna sign for dc can you do something like cryptic before like 5 30 like can you post like the black and the red emoji little circles can you post a picture of a dc uniform can you change your twitter profile to say you know player for dc united um so i was trying to see if i could get him to to 
to come over. I'm sure he wants to come back. I mean, I'm sure he's not happy right now um, in Velez. And Velez screwed up, basically, because I I actually fully believe by the time – I think he's out of contract. I know they said he was running – I think this is like his last year on a contract or he's out of contract next year. Um, so I could see DC absolutely – they have his MLS rights. Um, you know, they still hold on to those. I could see them making a contract offer to him, you know, as in – at making a pre-contract offer. Um, I could absolutely see them doing that. Um, so be curious to see kind of the, the team is saying they're still continuing to talk with Velez uh, Sarsfield. So hopefully we get a, hopefully maybe in July we can welcome back uh, Yamil Assad. And he can keep liking our tweets. Yes. Keep liking our tweets. Keep coming back. Also, uh, do we want to talk about the news of the upgraded offer to Lucho? Yes, we absolutely do. Um, so uh, the athletic again. If you're somehow not a subscriber yet, uh, as I as I continue to see people on Reddit being like, "Can you please post the the, the text of this article?" and uh, everyone yells at them and saying, "No, you jerk, just pay it." And I am I'm full. It, <laughs> it's three dollars a month. You big jerks, just uh, just do it. Just make yeah. it happen. Anyway, uh, apparently there's a new offer table that's over three million dollars per season for four years. Uh, that is more than has ever been reported. Uh, that will put him for certain in the top echelon of MLS in the top probably five, maybe top six. I haven't looked at the numbers. Uh, maybe maybe it's top ten. I mean, there are some he- there's some heavy salaries coming in now, uh, but uh, it remains to be seen again if uh, if that's in Lucho's best interest as far as he's seeing it. Uh, he is playing better. I don't know if you know a lot, he's. Everyone talks about how he's an emotional player and how it was tough for him to bounce back from the PSG disappointment. I don't know if there's a correlation between a new offer being tabled and him sort of refinding his groove. Uh, probably not, but but maybe that's sort of what we're we're meant to do is sort of read the tea leaves. So I'm I'm hoping that the the number that he's he, he's seeing is just the dollar signs are just spinning in his head, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to do this just as an insurance case, and I'm still going to get out of here and go play where I want to play. That would be the best case scenario for everyone involved, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I'm starting to think uh, uh, kudos to DC um, because we've seen this team time and time again, you know, still put forward the same offer. They're like, here, we're still we're not changing our offer. And I, if I was, I mean, at this point, you kind of have to if you want to keep this player, you have to increase your offer um, because at this point, he's you know he's got European suitors coming, and I'm sure there was, I'm sure you know the the agents like, look, you know the European teams want this kid. So you guys got to put up a really good offer for us to even to even start considering it. Um, I I am starting to lean towards the idea that we might be able to pull this off. Um, and if we pull this off, Dave Casper is the greatest GM that has ever existed in Major League Soccer, and I will I will forever praise his name if he can get this done. I'm still very much in, I'm about I'm about fifty five percent thinking he still probably goes, um, but I'm about 45% thinking maybe there's a chance we can nail him and we can get him down. Um, I think increasing the offer is a very, very good sign that this team is willing to, you know, make up for the fact that they couldn't get something done. They're saying, look, you know, we're, we're willing to pay you. We want to make you one of our highest paid players, you know, you know, slightly just barely behind Wayne Rooney. You know, we want to we want to, you to be happy this year and then we'll look in January. And if you continue to perform, you're, you're going to be you're going to get some offers and we're we're not going to say no. So Lucho is lucky that the uh, that Dave Casper is not the HR, the old HR person at my job, where when I was negotiating with them for my job, I said, we'll say I, I would like 10. And they said, how about seven? And I was like, how about nine? And then they were like, how about six? And I said, what? 
they're like, yeah, I actually wasn't able to offer you seven. I was, I, I found out that was incorrect. So how about six? And then I said, goodbye. I'm never talking to you again. And they're like, how about eight? And I was like, all right. <laughs> That's how that went. There. I'm a master negotiator. I took a class at grad school and got like a C minus. So it's uh, not my, not my specialty. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, fortunately Dave Casper is not your former HR boss. I think we can all. Yes, uh, correct. We can so all... I want to read, I want to, I want to run through, I want to run through all of the moves that have happened so far. This is at six thirty Eastern uh, at, on Tuesday, May 7th. There will be changes. There will likely be big deals that go through, but I'm going to whip through these real fast. Justin Miram on the move again uh, to Atlanta United. Uh, the whole big deal about him going to Orlando and then coming back after less than a season was that uh, he just needed to come back to Columbus and then he could refine his form. Uh, that did not happen. So he is now Atlanta United bound and he will be depth uh, in their midfield. <laughs> so that's how far he's fallen. He was, I believe he was a million dollar transfer internal MLS transfer first time to Orlando. Uh, so has been a pretty precipitous fall for him. Uh, Fabio Alvarez to LA galaxy from Atletico Tucumán. As an Argentine, there's a couple of those moving around this window. Also, Brian Fernandez from Nexaca, Nexaxa, I think Nexaxa. Jonathan Lewis, I'm mad about this. I saw Jonathan Lewis was on the move, and he's going to Colorado. And I wanted Jonathan Lewis. You know that I've talked about it. I don't (laughs) imagine it would take that much. It just took some discretionary, uh, uh, just some TAM, and that's all it took. No, no, no other assets. I'm kind of mad about it. Um, Again, the the move that uh, was alluded to earlier, standard Liège. Uh, accepted a $4 million offer for Paul Jose Mpoku, uh, but he found out that uh, New England is the team who wanted him, and then he did a quick Googling and was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay uh, in Belgium. Uh, Joven Jones back to Seattle from Darmstadt 98. Uh, you know, MLS watchers from a long time, not even that long ago, really. will remember Joven Jones had a very good couple seasons in Seattle, so he's coming back there. Crew getting David Guzman from Portland. That was sort of a move to make space for Fernandez, uh, the new signee for the Timbers. And the Fire have signed Kenneth Kronholm uh, and uh, Francisco Calvo from Minnesota. So I apparently Chicago is also looking at another goalie. So David Osted may once again be uh, tasting the, the pine uh, <laughs> on another team, uh, at, even at his salary. They might even release him. It's hard to say. But if they're going for a starting goalie and then another goalie, they're not going to keep all those goalies. Uh, and then the big news, probably most of all, over all these, that Alan Alan Koch has been fired from yep. SFC Cincinnati after 11 games. There's a lot of conversation about, I think, really, it seems to have, as soon as you're a coach in this league and you say you have crap players and you need better ones, you get fired, apparently. <laughs> it happened in Colorado. Uh, it ha- It's happened now in FC Cincinnati. It hasn't happened in New England yet. That is a place that it has been said, but. Have you uh have you seen the like press release they wrote like for his firing? No. It is it is one of the most passive they they absolutely tort like normally like you see these press releases and even if things are just absolutely toxic and terrible you see these press releases mostly be like you know we just had a there was a parting of ways, you know, we just you know we want to thank the coach and they do do you know we want to thank you know, Alan Koch for what he did for this team and, and stuff like that. But they absolutely say that, like, he there was a absolute separation in the locker room, essentially saying Alan Koch failed to keep the locker room together. No one likes him as the coach, and therefore, bye, basically. And they said it, again, in nice terms. Uh, but go read that. If you get a chance, go read that because they absolutely torch him in that. And, uh, by the way, you you missed a player that's on. You missed probably the best-named player and this is if you're a Simpsons fan, then you absolutely know this. Uh, Xavier um, Ariaga, 
which if you don't know from the Simpsons, uh, the Simpsons joke where they have the soccer game and they like say Ariaga or Ariaga two. And then like Homer has no idea who they are. So um, it's fabulous name. And I'm so glad he is playing in soccer because then Simpsons predicted something else. So there we go. You missed a player. Guys, I'm going to, I'm going to unveil a secret that Ted doesn't know. I know Uh, Ted, Ted has watched a lot of Simpson meme videos when he's been logged into the show account on YouTube that I have seen. And I was looking through (laughs) our account, lots of Simpson meme videos. So that's a, that's a, that's a Ted, uh, that's a Ted pastime. That's why he knows so much about, uh, about Simpsons memes, even though I'm older than him, and I probably was, I was probably uh, cognizant when that show, that particular episode was live. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I wanted to make sure that I read. So I have fallen down on my job. I want to apologize about making sure that we give our our Patreon subscribers due when they become patrons. I want to read through a quick name. If you guys uh, give me a second, I will read them all very quickly. Jason Hicks, James Graham, James Lambert. Lots of James is going on. Michael Foley, Andrew Gross, David Devine, Grant Joyner, Henry, I have very bad handwriting, Henry Hypes, I believe is the name. If I said it wrong, please don't remove your uh, Patreon subscription. I just can't write very accurately. Uh, I want to thank everybody for for joining that. Right now we are at, uh, we're 13 patrons short of our two episodes a week uh, stretch goal. So uh, if you're listening to this show, you like what you have found, you like that I just blew up Ted's YouTube viewing spot on live on air uh, without him knowing I was going to do it. And you want, I think want to reward that with a dollar, become a patron. Uh, it's RF it's patron.com slash RFK refugees. Yes. Please subscribe. Uh, Twitter.com slash RFK refugees. Uh, do we don't want to talk about Griffin Yao before we wrap up the show? I just realized we forgot that Griffin Yao. Sure. He scored two goals. For yes. The U 17, the U uh, 17 team looks really good. Uh, and he's obviously a major part of the team. And Brian KO is also getting, uh, a lot of minutes. So those are two players that are going to get a good showcase uh, in the tournament that's coming up this this spring. It means that they won't be available for Loudon, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Loudon also played in the in the spirit of a quick wrap-up to the end of the show. Loudon United played their first home game at Audi Field this Friday, drew 3-3. Uh, once again, scoring a 93rd minute, this time scoring a 93rd minute goal, not conceding a 93rd minute goal. Um, it, the team is looking better. It is certainly a much more you know watchable product uh, i have tickets to go see them on my birthday at the audi field on the 19th so i'm excited to do that i'm very upset that it's general admission but they seem to have concentrated people into certain sections and don't just let them sit randomly in a spot which is what i really wanted to do i'm going to try to do it anyway uh but that's that's a good wrap up yeah and uh and by the way uh the first round of the u.s open cup starts today and tomorrow of course my richmond kickers are playing virginia united uh, ESPN Plus, probably the biggest platform it has ever been on. Uh, so definitely watch some of those games uh, so that tournament can continue to grow. It is one – like, like John has his, like, CONCACAF Champions League. I have the U.S. Open Cup. I look forward <laughs> to this day, like, every single day, and it pains me that I cannot be there for this game because I desperately want to. But sadly, I have an exam tomorrow, my last exam uh, of college for hopefully the foreseeable future at least. So unfortunately, that takes priority. Um, but yes, uh, go check out Open Cup. Uh, it's gonna be should be fantastic, fun. Uh, you get to see amateur teams play professional teams. It, nothing like it exists in American sports if you aren't familiar with it. So I highly recommend you watch it. And most of y'all should have ESPN Plus subscriptions. So shouldn't be a huge issue. Um, but anyway, twittercom refugees, facebookcom the RFK Refugees podcast. Uh, hit us up, email us, rfkrefugees at gmail.com. It's been a while since we got an email. Um, hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com slash rfkrefugees. We didn't put out a call really this week. 
Uh, but I think we'll get definitely get back. And we will definitely, once things quiet down for me, I will definitely get back to uh, tracking down um, uh, opposing fans because that seems to be when we get a lot of listens is when we have those. So uh, so definitely, if you know anybody who's a fan of a team and got a game coming up, hit me up too, and I'll be happy to have them on. Um, we already had one person do that for us. So, yeah, definitely. Thank you all so, so much for listening. You guys are why we do this show. And uh, we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.